Well, my friends, I'd like to invite you to turn in your Bible to the Gospel of Luke. Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. All right. How do you like my blue tie today? Some, some of you are thrilled with it, and some of you, I can't see it. <laughs> oh, God bless you. Our theme today is Christmas is awesome. We are in the Christmas season. We're approaching the Christmas time. And I was thinking about this beautiful time of the year, and I thought, you know what? Christmas is awesome. What does it mean? What does it mean to say Christmas is awesome? What does that word mean? Well, it means causing, here's the definition, causing or inducing awe, A-W-E. Causing or inducing awe. Inspiring an overwhelming feeling of reverence and admiration. Turning, please, to Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. If you're able to, would you kindly stand for the reading of this portion of Scripture that inspires me, at least, to say, yes, Christmas is awesome. Luke 1, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how, how can this happen? I am a virgin. Verse 35. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren. But she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Dear Lord, thank you for this portion of your Holy Bible. Help us to capture indeed how Christmas is indeed a time that is awesome. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Please feel free to be seated. The first truth that strikes me from the scripture that we just read is this. Christmas is awesome 
because no matter how insignificant we might feel, God knows our address. Amen? No matter how insignificant you and I might feel, God knows our address. This truth came to my mind from the first uh, couple of verses there, verses 26 27, where it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. In that first century, Nazareth was a small town with a population of about 400 people. So that probably means everyone knew everyone, right? How many of you came from a very small town? Let me just see your hand. How many of you? Wow, quite a few of you actually. Nazareth lay in the hills 12 miles south southwest of the Sea of Galilee. Based on excavated evidence, the small town of Nazareth was probably first inhabited around 800 to 1,000 years before Christ. Mary was a very simple young woman who lived in a simple town which in the first century no one would have considered to be very important until the birth of Jesus. It's possible that Mary might have had times when she thought, well, when she had thoughts such as, does God, does God even know that I exist? Does God even know where I live in this little unknown hick town of Nazareth? Does anyone outside of my immediate family even care that I am alive? Perhaps there were times when Mary had thoughts like that. Then one day God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth and, and in some way God was saying, God was saying this, Mary, I know your address. I know where you live. You might feel insignificant, Mary, but you are very precious and very important to me, and I have a special mission for you. I have a special job for you. God knew Mary's address. My friend, no matter how insignificant you and I might feel at times, God knows your address. The Lord knows your street address, your city, your postal code. Now obviously, most of us who live in Toronto, Canada, in this area, in the Toronto area, we live in a big city of about four million people, but whether the population is 400 as it was in Nazareth, or the population is four million, like greater Toronto, God knows where we are. You are not, you are not being overlooked by God Almighty. The songwriter Tommy Walker has beautifully said, 
I have a maker. He formed my heart. Before even time began, my life was in his hands. He knows my name. He knows my every thought. He sees each tear that falls and hears me when I call. He hears me. God hears me when I call. Beloved, Christmas is awesome because no matter, no matter how insignificant you and I might feel, God knows you and me and he hears, he hears us when we call. Amen. There's a second truth that strikes me as I reflect upon the scripture that we just read, and it is this. Why don't you read it with me from, from the screen? Christmas is awesome because no matter if we think that no one cares about what's going on in our lives, God knows and cares about what is happening. This truth came to my mind from verse 27. Why don't you read it with me? She, Mary, was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. God knew that Mary was engaged to Joseph, or as older Bible translations say, Mary was betrothed. Even if you think that no one cares about what's going on in your life, God knows and cares about what is happening. The good, the great, the bad, and the sad. This past week, some of you had birthdays or anniversaries, and you had reason to celebrate, and we rejoice with you. I believe that God rejoices in heaven when you celebrate and rejoice. At the same time, while some were celebrating and rejoicing, this past Wednesday, I held the funeral service of a dear young man, age 27. The love of his life and his mom and dad and sister, brother and other family members have obviously been heartbroken, heartbroken. And they will continue to be heartbroken for a long time. Just yesterday, Saturday, November 26th, Pastor Steve Otley and Pastor Yanni held the funeral of another dear 27-year-old young man who used to be a part of our Whitby Gateway Church of the Nazarene. He was the nephew of a dear lady in our Rosewood Church family. This past, or this coming Monday, as Pastor Lisa shared earlier, Pastor Lisa and I will be holding the funeral for a dear aunt of another precious lady in our congregation. Christmas is awesome, no matter if you think that no one cares about what's going on in your life. God knows. God knows. And God cares about what is happening. God cares and rejoices 
over the fact that recently Raven of our congregation gave birth to a healthy baby boy. Amen. Right. And also recently Pastor Tina's sister Tanya gave birth to a healthy baby boy. We need to continue to pray for those young ladies as they heal up from the birth process. God, at the same time, cares about the deep grief, the deep grief some of you are going through. The Lord cares about other hurts and heartaches and pain others of you are experiencing. In 2 Corinthians, in our Holy Bible, in chapter 1, beginning at verse 3, we read, God, God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when, we, for when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. Amen. The hymn writer, the hymn writer has beautifully written, I need thee. I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like thine can peace afford. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. And the third verse says, I need thee every hour in joy, in joy or pain. Come quickly and abide, or life is vain. I need thee, oh, I need thee, every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. Amen. You and I need him. In the joyous and the great times of life, we need him in the darkest times. Amen. There's a third truth I want to share with you, and it is this. Christmas is awesome because Christmas can encourage us to believe that ordinary people like you and me can experience the favor and promise and presence of God. That we can experience the favor and presence of God. This truth comes to us from verses 28, 29, and 30. Why don't you read them out loud with me? Gabriel appeared to her, Mary, and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. 
Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You have found favor with God. The Bible says Mary found favor with the Lord. There were many others in our Holy Bible who also found favor with God. Genesis chapter 6 verse 8 tells us, Noah found favor with the Lord. Abraham, Moses, and others also received God's favor. How do we? How do we gain more, more favor with God? How? In another part of the Bible, in Isaiah chapter 66, the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 66 verse 2 tells us how we can gain more favor. The New International Version translation says, These are the ones I look on with favor. Those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. Those who are humble, contrite in spirit and tremble at my word. The New Living Translation of that same verse, Isaiah 66 verse 2 says, I will bless, I will bless those who have humble and contrite hearts who tremble at my word. In a sense, to have God's favor means, means to have to have God's approval, to have the Lord's approval and added blessings. In Isaiah 66, verse 2, it says, I will bless or favor those who are humble. One definition of being humble is having or showing a, a modest or low estimate of one's own importance. In other words, we must never think that we're just too good for everyone else or too big. Are you and I, are you and I humble? The next part of Isaiah 66 verse 2 says, I will look on with favor or I will bless those who have humble and contrite hearts. Contrite hearts. What does it mean? What, 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 what does it mean to have a contrite heart? Have you ever stopped to think about that? What does it mean to have a contrite heart? To have a contrite heart means we express Sincere sorrow for our sins. That's what it means. And not only to be sorry, but it means that we, we stop doing what is wrong. We stop sinning. That's what it means to have a contrite heart. Are you and I truly sorry? For our sins. 
The last part of Isaiah 66, verse 2 says, I will look on with favor, or I will bless those who tremble at my word. What does it mean to tremble at, at God's word? What does it mean to tremble at God's word? It, it, I believe the message translation captures the meaning of tremble at God's word in an easier way to understand by saying this. It means to be reverently, reverently responsive to what I, the Lord, say. It means to be reverently responsive to what the Lord says to you and me in his Holy Bible. Therefore, here's a little summary of how you and I can experience more of God's favor, more of God's blessings, his, his approval, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Number one, be humble. Are you? Am I? Number two, be truly for our sins. Are we? Number three, be reverently responsive to what the Lord says in our Holy Bible. Have a sense of awe for the Holy Bible, God's Word. On this subject of how do we, how do we uh, get God's favor, one author says, he says, Walk with God intimately like Enoch. Be his friend like Abraham. Strive for obedience even in difficult circumstances like Joseph. Be meek and humble like Moses. Desire to do God's will, like David. Seek God's wisdom above anything else, like Solomon. Those truths can help us gain God's favor. There is a beautiful modern song called Blessings in which one of the lines, one of the lines says, may his, may his, may, may God's favor be upon you. My friends, may God's favor be upon you and you and you and you and you up in the balcony and upon you who are viewing this service. And upon you, radio listeners, may God's favor be upon you. I want to encourage all of us this week to really be thinking, Lord, how can I experience more of your favor?
There's a fourth beautiful truth I want to direct your attention to, and it is this. Christmas is awesome because it can remind us that sometimes God can use you and me for a greater purpose than we could ever imagine. Look at verses 31 and following. God can use you and me for a greater purpose than we could ever imagine. Verse 31. The angel said to Mary, You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. God chose Mary. God chose Mary to use her for a greater purpose than she could have ever imagined. God chose Mary to give birth to the Son of God, Jesus, God in the flesh, who would later die on the cross to pay the price for your sins and mine. It is an awesome thought. It is truly an awesome thought that sometimes God can use you and me for a greater purpose than we could could ever imagine. Across the years, many of you have been involved in teaching our children and youth in Sunday school, in children's church, in caravan club, vacation Bible school, day camp, and in our youth ministry. And sometimes, sometimes you probably wondered if you, if you were really accomplishing anything. Right? I want you to know, I want you to know that through your love and your lessons and your patience and your perseverance, God was using you for a greater purpose than you ever imagined. A lot of you have invested, you have beautifully invested in children and youth who have now grown up. They have grown up to become wonderful Christian adults. And you had a part in their development, in their spiritual growth. To this day, to this day, I personally continue to have a great appreciation for my Sunday school teachers when I was a teenager when I started to go to church as a teenager at age 15, I continued to have great appreciation for my Sunday school teachers like Mr. Walter Burridge and Mr. Art White who loved us teenage students and, uh, and every week presented a Bible lesson to the best of their ability. And I like to think, 
I like to think that Mr. Burridge and Mr. White, who are both now in heaven, are up, are up in heaven cheering me on and saying, Nick, you have persevered through many joys and many tough times. You can make it. You can make it. You can continue to pastor another year and then another year and another year and another year. Amen? I've got some cheerleaders up in heaven. Some of them are my former Sunday school teachers. Many of you here know Christopher, who was one of the worship leaders here this morning. You know Christopher and Anthony, who are, who are on several of our worship teams. And both young men are on our technical team as well. When Christopher and Anthony were very young teenagers, they're, they're still very young in university. When they were very young men, um, I think they, they were maybe not even teenagers as yet, but uh, around the, the early teenage years, they asked, those two fellows asked our son Jeremy if Jeremy would teach them how to play the guitar. Christopher, do you remember about how old you were when you asked Jeremy? Around 12, okay, that's what I thought. So around that age, they, they asked my son, who was a part of our church back then, now he's the worship leader at the new church that we started, Connect Church of the Nazarene. But uh, those two guys asked Jeremy to help them learn how to play. Jeremy had become a very good guitar player and singer, and Chris and Anthony wanted to learn how to play the guitar. If I recall correctly, I think every, sat, every, Friday, every Friday after school, the two boys would arrive at the church carrying, carrying their guitars to take lessons from Jeremy. Sometimes I looked at the guitars and I thought they were almost as big as they were. Okay, not quite, Chris, not quite. <laughs> And I, I don't think, I don't think I've ever told anyone this before, and my wife might beat me up for telling this now, <laughs> but, um, but when I heard, when I, when I heard that the two boys wanted to take lessons from Jeremy, I almost, I almost asked Jeremy to please not give them the lessons. Why did I, why did I wonder about that? Why did I think, that, you know, maybe I should ask Jeremy not to give them the lessons? Well, here's why. Here's why. We started our son, Jeremy, on private piano lessons when he was either four or five years of age, approximately, and he learned how to play the piano very well. When he was growing up, we also started, um, started him on, on private drum lessons. 
Uh, some of you might recall when Jeremy was a little boy during the services, when he was, you know, four, five, eight, whatever, a lot of times he, he would take the hymnal and he, he'd be drumming and drumming away, you know, he'd be, he'd be drumming away during the services. And anyway, we thought, okay, let's start him on to drum lessons. And then in high school, he learned how to play the, the trombone. While, while in high school, Jeremy also decided to learn how to play the guitar. He learned how to play the guitar, but he never had, he never had any lessons from anyone. He never had any private guitar lessons. Jeremy taught himself how to play the guitar. In other words, he was self-taught. Jeremy played very well, but I was concerned. I, I was concerned that if, if he had developed, if our son had developed some bad habits on the guitar, I, I didn't want him to pass on any bad habits to two very young students. Uh, are you following me? You understand what I'm saying? I, you know, I didn't want, I, I thought in case, in case our son developed some bad habits, um, I, I didn't want, I didn't want the, the, the parents of, of those two boys, I didn't want them saying, Pastor Nick, your, your son, your son taught my son some bad habits as to how to play the guitar. Now it's going to be tough to get rid of those bad habits. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Okay. Anyway, so I seriously wondered uh, about that. But the good news is, the good news is, I kept my mouth shut. Amen. <laughs> my wife says amen. And I never said anything to Jeremy about my concern. I don't think anyone knows about this until right now. And the great result, the great result is both Christopher and Anthony and some other, some other young people in our church as well who have now graduated from high school and university. Jeremy taught them how to play the guitar and they are a great asset to our worship teams. Amen? I imagine, I imagine that, that when Jeremy started to teach Anthony and Christopher how to play the guitar, Jeremy probably did not realize that God, that God was going to use him for a greater purpose, and that was for two fellas to eventually become wonderful musicians on our worship teams along with others as well. Amen? Sometimes when you do something, you, you never quite know what the positive result is going to be. By the way, by the way, Jeremy has usually taught grade sevens and, and eights in public schools. He, he has normally taught math, science, and physical education, or sometimes referred to as Jim. Uh, interestingly, this year, this year they asked him also to teach music <laughs> at the school where he teaches. My friends, the fact, the fact of God using Mary to give birth to Jesus was an historical one-time event. 
Nevertheless, Christmas is awesome because it can remind you and me that sometimes God can use us for a greater purpose than we could ever imagine. This Christmas and in the new year to come, be open to how the Lord might use you for a greater purpose than you could ever imagine. Maybe, maybe God will use you to help someone come to faith and trust in Jesus as Savior and Lord. Amen? Maybe God will use you to pray earnestly for for a sick person and because of your prayer, they will be healed. Not because of Pastor Nick's prayer, but because of your prayer, they will be healed. Maybe God will use you to help prevent a suicide through your kindness and love and compassion. Maybe God will use you to comfort a person who is grieving deeply or to encourage a very discouraged man, woman, teenager, or child. Perhaps God will use you to make a a monthly donation or a a large one-time donation to our sponsorship fund so that we can provide food and help pay the rent for the family from war-torn Ukraine that we have sponsored. Thank you to those who are giving monthly to our sponsorship fund. Or maybe the Lord will use you to bring hope to someone who feels hopeless. Or to help a needy family this Christmas. Or to become a friend to someone who needs a friend. Perhaps God will use you to help a child learn Learn how to read or to become a great musician or a great athlete or a wonderful teacher or a marvelous missionary or a loving pastor. Perhaps God will use you to find the permanent cure for cancer or the cure for Lou Gehrig's disease or some other terrible illness. Or maybe, maybe the Lord will use you to start a business which will help millions of people. My friends, Christmas is awesome because it can remind us that sometimes God can use you and me for a greater purpose than we could ever imagine. Praise the Lord. Reflect in closing here. Reflect on these four truths that I've shared with you. Christmas is awesome because, number one, no matter how insignificant we feel, God knows our our address. And number two, 
no matter if we think that no one cares about what's going on in our lives, God knows and cares about what is happening. And number three, Christmas can encourage us to believe that ordinary people like you and me can experience the favor and presence of God. And number four, Christmas can remind us that sometimes God can use you and me for a greater purpose than we could ever imagine. Let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you for the good news that Christmas, Christmas is awesome. And as we have entered the Christmas season, Lord, we pray that you would help each one of us to discover afresh how awesome Christmas is and how awesome you are and how incredible it is that you, God Almighty, God Almighty came to earth in the person of Jesus, born in a manger, in a stable, and you came and you, you revealed your, your love for all of us. And how beautiful it is to know that now we can be forgiven of our sins. We can be adopted into your family, not because we can ever be good enough, but because when you came to earth, initially born in a manger, you eventually died on the cross of Calvary to pay the price for our sins. Thank you for the forgiveness that you extend to each one of us. Thank you for being awesome in your love towards us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.